Hi guys, Skip here again for another uh, podcast, Finding Meaning. Uh, I hope all is well with your life. I'm going to send a clothes basket down the stairs. That's that noise, (laughs) not unusual in our family as we are raising three teenage boys. Uh, A clothes basket getting tossed down the stairs is a pretty common thing. I'm watching the news, uh, and uh, this morning uh, there is a news story uh, about uh, several nursing homes, I believe in New Jersey, Uh, and it looks as though there's some in Louisiana, well, several states, (laughs) where places that care for elderly people uh, did not evacuate them properly, did not care for them during Hurricane Ida. And unfortunately, several uh, of those elderly folks uh, died. And I was just in a conversation with my, my wife about sort of human nature. And it's, a, it's an opportunity. I think this is a, an example, and I want to I want to talk to you why the example is fresh in my psyche, and and hopefully you're aware of it, uh, because uh, it's an important example of of the reality that we have created. And so (laughs) I'm going to paint a really broad, big picture here, and I I hope that uh, you hang with me. Uh, because I'm going to make some statements that may sound like a bit of a stretch, but I don't think they are, and hopefully I can articulate what I'm trying to say. You know, I don't know if we human beings ever really have ever in our history practiced real empathy and compassion for one another. There have been glimpses of it. Uh, I, I think there have been times when collectively we have had empathy and, uh, you know, we have been able to engage things like civil rights, uh, women's rights. However, those things are few and far between. What is more common, and, and I, I don't want this to sound cynical or skeptical, it, it's just the truth. What is more common is the fact that people are really narcissistic. And we have learned to be that way uh, because we need to survive. It's a survival mechanism. Now, if you know uh, the, the theories I've been talking about around uh, forming one's ego, growing out of one's ego, you know, that there's an ego self that we use to protect ourselves individually. And then hopefully we spiritually mature through that and we grow up spiritually and, and we are then able to practice empathy and sympathy and things like that. Well, I think not only is that true for the individual, you know, as Carl Jung would say, Richard Rohr would say, but I also think it's true for the collective. I think that we do, and this is not a new theory. Uh, Excuse me when I do a few multitasking things here. This is not a new theory. Uh, It's not new to you if you listen to this podcast, and there appears to be a few of you who do, that we 
Like, like an individual who is spiritually immature, we collectively live out of spiritual immaturity. We own, uh, possess, create a collective narcissism. And I will say this, and, and I'm not one of those guys who likes to say, oh, the old days are better, because the old days had their own issues, folks. Uh, we didn't arrive at the new days in a vacuum. The old days had a part in where we're at. But I will say this, that I think because we live sort of isolated, that our communities, especially after COVID, have become more about looking through a screen than looking into the eyes and the body language of other people. And I'm not saying that that was a mistake. I mean, this the way the world is. Let's just face it. But because of that, I think that collective narcissism has gotten worse. And I want to share a few examples that aren't quite as extreme as this nursing home tragedy. Uh, elderly people dying in warehouses. They, they literally sent these elderly people to a warehouse and put them on mattresses on the floor. And the warehouse flooded and they didn't move the people. <laughs> and people died. And what that tells me is that there was more focus on things other than the human component. And my guess is, and I, I don't want to judge people unfairly, but I know society. My guess is they were focused on profit probably more than people. Uh, I would like to think that that's uncommon. Uh, it is not. You know, you go back, gosh, 16 years ago to Katrina. We see the same thing. That these ulterior selfish motives come out when we need to have empathy, it's not there because these ulterior selfish motives lie just, well, they are the reality we've created, quite honestly. Now, there's nothing hidden about it. I see it every day. I see it every day in how people don't consider the other. Let me give you an example. I'm going to give you some examples. Um, you can roll your eyes if you want. You can think through it if you want. Uh, I drive 65 miles both ways. So I drive 130 miles a day uh, to go to college uh, in a different town. I have to go to campus because that's where I need to finish uh, my major. I can do some other things online, uh, but I need to go to campus to take the classes for my major. And so... You know, five days a week, 130 miles a day, you do the math. I will tell you this, that despite all the warnings, despite all the, all the people killed, there is not a week that goes by that at least four or five people don't cross over into my lane driving because they're texting. They have convinced themselves that they are above reproach, they are above the accident, they are above the accountability, uh, they are above what might happen. And they text while they're driving. Now, I will tell you this, I own a car where I can talk to text and send it. So I have, you know, I communicate with people also, or I talk on the phone. But I try not to look down. I try, I, I consciously make a habit to, to keep my eyes on the road for the sake of the other people in my life 
the person in the other lane and myself. That I don't want to hurt someone else and I don't want to leave my family through an auto accident. And so hopefully, and I, this does not make me a hero uh, or make me more wise, but hopefully uh, I have adjusted that behavior enough to be considerate enough to think about other people enough not to do, you know, really egregious harm. Now, we're all going to do harm to each other. Don't get me wrong. We live out of a set of, of theories, concepts, wants, needs, and they're interwoven with other people. And, you know, saying I'm sorry, being contrite, learning from your lessons is a part of, of living. Uh, but when we become consumed with ourselves, when we become consumed with our need to text a person, and my guess is these are not life and death texts for the most part. They're probably just people talking. And it's not young folks or old folks. It's everyone. It's everyone. I can see them come in my lane. I get over. I watch them go by. And they're looking down. They're reading the text or writing the text. Uh, whatever. Okay, there's one example. Let me give you another sort of example that really ultimately does no harm, but is just frustrating. And that is when you use a service industry these days, there is almost no attention to the customer. Uh, I learned when I worked in retail, the customer is not always right, but they're always the customer. And that affords them, unless they're really terrible, a modicum of service. They are your livelihood. Uh, Unless a person is being really abusive, they're the customer, and you need to do what you can to help them. Well, I will tell you folks, that seems to be gone also. Uh, I think it's gone because we now live most of our life behind a screen, and therefore there's no um, need to learn those things. I could literally not leave my house and order everything in, from groceries to clothes to and that's a wonderful piece of technology that we have um, that <clears throat> has added to our world. But, <coughs> excuse me, but um, it has really robbed us of, of a communal experience. I need to get a drink of something, folks. Bear with me. Bear with me, please. So, you know, you, you get in line at the fast food place, which I know is not healthy, sorry, and you almost don't matter. There's almost no consideration. As a matter of fact, I, the other day I drove through a local fast food place and I must have waited 15 minutes. And uh, a lady came to the window and apologized and the apology is what shocked me more than waiting the 15 minutes. The 15 minutes was annoying, but it happens a lot. What really shocked me was when the person came to the window, she was profusely sorry for the way this was working. And that's what surprised me. And I've been thinking about that. And then I'm watching the news and I'm thinking about how we disregard uh, even other people's lives for the sake of profit or the sake of politics or the sake of religion. And 
folks, it is so self-evident to me that we have all, and I include myself, we have all created a reality that is fundamentally antithetical to being human. I'm convinced that to be human, yes, is to struggle, and it is to suffer, and it is to have joy, but it is to be, it is to be aware of an authentic spirituality in us. Uh, you know, to, to, to be the fullest expression of who we are is really to understand that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. To uh, quote the old saying, but we have, that has become even more lost than it ever has been. People have become more unaware. And I, you know, I'll, I'll try to end this on a positive note that I think the more this sort of lack of awareness causes trouble, the more it may, hi, Shadow, that's my cat, the more it may drive us to find a deeper spirituality individually and collectively. You know, not unlike the alcoholic who, or the drug addict who hits bottom, they have the choice. I think collectively we are, we are heading for the bottom, folks. And uh, it's going to be bad and it's going to be ugly. Uh, it may not be clear. Uh, but, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, I think you're part of what can help build something better. Uh, when that bottom does hit, if, if, we, if we who know that compassion and, and empathy is truly to be a good human, authentic human, then, then I think there's an important role for you. So I don't want to end on a cynical note. I just want to point out reality. That uh, we have created a false reality. Uh, and it has become more acute. We're coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I've mentioned that at nauseum on these. Uh, I really think that, for, for me, was a, was a really critical disembarking sort of point. Uh, after that... And then the wars, and then how we handle those wars. Um, we really, the last 20 years has really served to push us further away from the very good stuff we saw that day. You know, we've celebrated the firemen. We've celebrated the Port Authority uh, police and workers. We've celebrated the policemen. We've celebrated the civilians who ran back into the building uh, to save lives. And they saved thousands People forget there were, I think, 15,000 people saved that day because of people's uh, heroic authenticity. But we don't focus on that anymore. We focus on demonizing the other because that's where our power, our profit uh, come from. And that's... I'm exasperated and I'm sorry. But I see this so crystal clear that we have created a simulation of what it really means to live a human life, not only in most of our lives, but in our world. Challenge that simulation through being kind. That's all I have, folks. Take care of yourselves. Do good. Good words, good deeds, good actions. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.